welcome everyone back after our summer hiatus. Uh, this is our first podcast of the fall, and we wanted to take things in a bit of a different direction here. Again, I'm Morgan Harper, VP of Knowledge Management and Strategy at Lisk, and I'm joined, as always, by Maurice Jones, our CEO. Good morning. Um, and a special guest today for our, our new direction, Andre Perry from the Brookings Institution. Hi, Andre. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well. Great. Thanks again for joining us. So to kick things off this fall, we wanted to spend some time with a few different people in conversation about LISC at 40, which is also a reflection of community development, economic development at 40, and what we need to do to continue to be impactful for the next 40 years, to to realize this vision of inclusive economic development for the communities where we live and work. Um, So, Andre, I actually wanted to start with you, and but Maurice, as always, you know, um, chime in. <laughs> I know you will. Uh, with you know, you're you're sort of new to this space, right? So if you could tell us a little yeah. bit about your research and interest and and how you came to plug into these issues. Yeah, I, 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 I'm an educationist by by trade. I um, got my PhD in education policy. I ran for charter schools. I uh, became a founding dean, and I have done extensive research on um, undocumented immigrants and um, immigrant educational rights. And um, in that work, particularly in New Orleans, where I was an associate professor and I ran charter schools out of the university, I learned the limits of, of what schools can do. I mean, we um, did so much in this school, and it was somewhat predicated on this, what I think is a false um, notion that if you can fix a school, you can fix a community. Um, and um, and I quickly learned that it was a, a, a false assumption um, that kids don't live in schools, they live in communities. And if you want to see improvement, you've got to um, see to that, that, that entire community that that child lives in is, is doing well. And so I transitioned to um, um, doing more community and economic development because, you know, one thing that um, is very clear that we see the effects of poverty every day on children, and um, and some of that stems from the systemic wealth gap um, that was created through policy. And so, I've I've moved on from being a education researcher practitioner to someone that looks at city policy and. And, and someone who examines policy as it impacts the overall quality of life for um, youth and, fam- and their families. Um, and so I'm doing a lot in uh, Pittsburgh, Detroit, Birmingham, Atlanta, the DMV, and other majority black cities. Um, Pittsburgh is, uh, is not a majority black city, but I'm working in a small um, municipality called Wilkinsburg, which is about 70% black. And, and the reason for that is um, if, uh, um, basically if, if black lives are to matter, then black cities must matter. And then we've got to, and, and the, the same um, dispersions and prejudices we place on black people, we also place on black cities and, their, and the institutions 
that they rely upon. And so my job here at the Brookings Institution is to um, examine those black cities. And, and, and first and foremost, the, the meat of my work is to identify um, what I'm calling assets and community, strength and community that we can build upon for future economic growth. Well, and that's actually uh, leads to my next question, really for both of you. Uh, so what would you, be your view on the state of our neighborhoods, majority black cities, communities where LISC is working, some of which, Andre, overlaps with your research areas of focus? Uh, what's the state of play? What has community development accomplished? Well, you know, I'll, I'll continue. Yep. I, I think one thing that we're seeing in, in communities is a disconnect between many of the economic drivers um, of the region and um, that of uh, the the uh, local neighborhoods. Clearly, um, job centers can't be in every neighborhood, but there should be direct connects um, with workforce development um, um, initiatives or or just workforce development. Um, there should be quality transportation hubs. There should be um, job opportunities available. And what I'm seeing is that we're designing um, programs, initiatives, incubators, um, you name it. Um, um, we're investing in some communities and not others. And they happen to be the ones that they're not investing in. They happen to be uh, more black and brown than anything else. Yeah, I, I would just... Um add to that, that our job is, LISC, that is, is to try to get at these imbalances that Andre is suggesting, right, and to help these communities of color all across the country uh, attract more investment Mm -hmm. uh, and to build on the assets that are there that we're seeing both uh, from a perspective of talent and infrastructure to both attract investments and to make sure that they're well used. So from our perspective, the real issue is or the real opportunity is trying to find those, trying to match what we see as talent and chances in these communities with folks who are interested in uh, investing but don't know how to do it well. Mm-hmm. We want to be that vehicle through which they make that investment. We also want to be that vehicle that partners with the communities to make sure that the communities maximize the opportunities that they have. And there is plenty of opportunity to do that. And so sort of asking, I guess, to, to um, double-click in consultant speak, I guess, uh, what what specifically will it take to get there? I think you both are, are hinting at it, but strategically, what needs to change? What do we need to uh, amplify doing more of to make sure that that investment comes and, is in, and happens in the way that we all envision? Yeah. So I think <clears throat> I'll just uh, – a couple of things uh, from our standpoint – we need to make sure that the talent that is there is equipped to compete in the workforce, right? Mm-hmm. And so a big piece of the job 
that I think is to be done in communities like the ones that Andre is talking about is making sure that we've got a workforce preparation system or a talent development system that is aggressively working with institutions in that community to reach people to get them prepared for the job opportunities that are somewhere in that metropolitan area, Mm -hmm. right? And so talent preparation, I think, is one of the, the big jobs to be done. Investors, at the end of the day, invest in people. They invest in talent. And what we've got to make sure of in these communities is that the talent is prepared. Mm-hmm. That's number one. I think number two, there are some infrastructure needs that we also have to tend to. And those are, that infrastructure ranges from, you know, housing, uh, streets, uh, transportation, uh, community facilities, those kinds of things are things that, again, at the end of the day, can attract investors to projects. We've got to make sure, though, that the work that needs to be done on the front end is actually done and done well. And that's a role that um, that I think we can certainly play with others. The third thing, frankly, is a marketing uh, job. Uh, these communities need to be marketed as aggressively as other communities to investors. Mm-hmm. And that's a big part of the work that's not being done in a really, really effective and compelling way. And yet there's plenty to market. And so we've got to be more aggressive about that, and we've got to find partners to help us in that work. Andre, align with what you're seeing, Marisa's thoughts on strategy. Any other things to add? Yeah, you know, my research is very focused on um, identifying the strengths that are already there worthy of investment. I I just, and I say this all the time, we're we're not going to, to get the kinds of investments um, based on um, problems or deficits that no one, no one invests in problems or deficits. They're only going to invest in things that will bring a positive return or are, are, are considered strength. Um, we know that in, in, in many cases, we invest in white folk because we just assume that there's strength there. Um, we need for investment to go to um, black folk and brown folk who have proven um, their worth. Um, and, and, and it's partly my research, in my research, I'm uplifting those people who are worthy of direct investment. You know, in many cities, where and, and I'll and I'll just um, cite Pittsburgh, um, and it's and it's one of your cities um, that the the area known as East Liberty, um, which uh, buttress uh, Wilkinsburg, the majority black place, um, was was they were indistinguishable um, ten twelve years ago. And in fact, Pittsburgh was indistinguishable from the many other cities that are looking for an identity. It it didn't occur until um, people invested in institutions like CMU, in entrepreneurs, um, in um, students with initiative and drive. Um, And then they developed, and then those networks grew. And now you see 10 years later 
the fruits of that labor. The same thing holds true in black and brown communities. We have talented people. We have entrepreneurs. Um, we have um, developers. We have um, um, quality institutions all throughout. Um, and and we need to, to highlight them. And, and, and more importantly, I think we need to highlight them not for other investors to see them, but so that communities themselves can see what they can leverage um, to force people to the table. Um, I, 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 you know, this is another thing I'm just passionate about is that um, um, whenever a funder calls or a mayor calls, um, we come running to their table. Um, and, 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 and in essence, we're, we give them power in the process. We we need to start mobilizing around the strengths and communities um, that are are obviously there. Um, people are living, working, um, doing their thing in spite of policies that are weighted against them, and so there's strength there. We just need to um, compel neighborhoods and um, folks in the communities to say, "Hey, th- these are our." on transportation assets. We're going to lean on those. This is our electoral strength. We'll lean on those. Um, here are, is our buying power. We'll, we'll lean on those. Hey, we have a slew of mothers who are doing incredible things in the community. We're going to use their social networks. There, there are, are plenty of assets in black communities that we can now leverage to, um, to, to change the conditions um, that impact those communities yeah i would just say amen to that and uh, that that's exactly what we do if you look at the communities that we work in over 66 percent of them are um, majority minority communities Mm -hmm. if you will and that's where we start our work we start our work with the assets that are there and just like Andre said, there are uh, incredible entrepreneurs in these communities. There is a great workforce in these communities. Uh, you can't help but drive through these communities and see these incredible physical structures that have been around for years that have the potential to be in repositioned for whether it's a theater or a business incubator or housing or senior I mean, it's everywhere mm-hmm. in these communities. These communities all have assets. Um, to Andre's point, what we try to do is work with the communities to make sure the communities can leverage those assets. And we also try to make sure that we do work with the communities that get those assets prepared for investments, both the the talent assets and the the physical infrastructure that's there, but it is definitely there, and um, we, as I say, we got to do a better job of helping to market those assets as well. And you know, and I, and and this is something that that we also need to do. It, it's organizations like LISC, it's organizations um, like Brookings that really need to connect. Um, and build on each other's strengths, that we mm-hmm. need to model what um, we're asking communities to do. Yep. Um, the, you know, Brookings, and, and I'm in Met, the Metropolitan Policy Program, we have a strong economic development orientation. Um, 
Uh, LISC obviously has a strong community development organization. Um, now, I'm always uh, questioning what the differences are, really. Um, but <laughs> we are too. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, however, I do think organizations like ours need to model what we're asking um, uh, the communities to do, because clearly LISC ha- um, has strengths that. Brookings does not, and Brookings has uh, has strengths that Lisk does not. We need to start building um, a cohesive strategy um, so that we can uplift those assets in um, black and brown communities um, to, to benefit them. Well, unfortunately, that's where we have to pause. But a pretty good note to end on, call to action, partnership, and being very strategic and working together and leveraging our own assets, just like we're asking uh, the communities to do as well. So thank you so much for being with us, Andre, Maurice, as always. Andre, thanks a lot. Hey, thank you for having me. All the best, my friend.